Welcome to Words to Live By, a podcast series hosted by the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute. Each week, we will share some of the wit and wisdom of Ronald Reagan. In essence, Words to Live By, made up of radio addresses and speeches he delivered from the 1960s through the 1980s. So, what do you know about Social Security? USA Today reported that President Joe Biden should learn a lesson in leadership from Emmanuel Macron, his counterpart across the pond. The French president has followed through on campaign promises to address pension shortfalls by raising the retirement age to 64 from 62. Guess what? (laughs) A lot of people don't like it, and the French have taken to the streets, but Macron isn't deterred by the potential political fallout because he knows it must be done. One cannot play with the future of the country, Macron said recently to government ministers. Rather than talk straight with Americans about what must be done to ensure that U.S. entitlement programs like Social Security and Medicare remain solvent, Biden prefers to play politics. In the next 30 years, these programs face a $116 trillion shortfall. That number was calculated by Brian Riddell, who's a senior fellow in budget, tax, and economics at the Manhattan Institute. If reforms aren't put into place now, we'll hurtle toward a fiscal crisis that will spark significant tax increases for the middle class and high inflation and interest rates, among other ills. Biden's approach is to point fingers at Republicans who have dared raise these concerns, bringing up the possibility that adjustments or cuts have to be made now, or we risk much greater pain down the road. White House spokesperson Karina Jean-Pierre said, the biggest threat to Social Security are Republicans. Well, that's absolutely false. The biggest threat to the program is what Biden is proposing, which is doing nothing. So calling upon Ronald Reagan for wisdom, we'll listen to two addresses in this podcast on the subject. The first from November 1977, which goes into the history and purpose of Social Security. And in the second half of the podcast, we'll listen to his speech six years later, 1983, after amendments were finally made to save the system. Let's go back to 1977. Recall that in the 70s, the threat of bankruptcy in the Social Security system was just beginning to loom. Governor Reagan was one of the early voices to call attention to this growing problem, arguing the need to totally reform Social Security. In one of his essays, he suggests that we consider investing some of the money now paid to the government in Social Security taxes in private savings or in insurance, maintaining that the individuals could earn better returns than they were getting now from Social Security. I think you'll find this very informative. Let's listen. Talking about Social Security is a little like being the messenger to the king in ancient times. If the message you carried was bad news, your head was lopped off. I'll be right back. Ready for a little nostalgia? I've just come across a copy of the 1936 notice announcing the beginning of Social Security. It is entitled Security in Your Old Age and is addressed to employees of industrial and business establishments, factories, shops, mines, mills, stores, offices, and other places of business. Then it proclaims, beginning November 24, 1936, the U.S. government will set up a Social Security account for you if you are eligible. 
It explains how employee and employer will pay one cent for each dollar of earnings up to $3,000 for three years. At that point, their contributions will increase to one and a half cents for another three years, then two cents, two and a half, and finally three cents. This final figure is in the form of a flat-out promise which stated, beginning 1949, 12 years from now, you and your employer will each pay three cents on each dollar you earn up to $3,000 a year. That is the most you will ever pay. The pamphlet concludes with the guarantee that your money will go into a fund where it will draw 3% interest, thus adding three cents to every dollar in each year, and it makes this promise. What you get from the government plan will always be more than you've paid in taxes and usually more than you can get for yourself by putting away the same amount of money each week in some other way. None of these promises has been kept. Your Social Security tax is not in a fund earning additional money. It is instead going directly to those receiving benefits and it is insufficient to do even that. The rate of tax has long since gone beyond 3% and the amount of your earnings being taxed has risen way above the promised ceiling of $3,000. The amount you get back is not more than you paid in, nor is it more than you could get by putting your money in some other plan. Most of you paying the present tax could buy in the open insurance market a retirement policy with life protection paying far more than present Social Security benefits. Now the administration proposes tripling your tax over the next 10 years and the employer's tax over the next two. And this is a temporary expedient, only postponing for a brief time a day of reckoning. During the 76 campaign, I called attention to the fact that actuarial experts had estimated Social Security was out of balance by from two to four trillion dollars. This was vehemently denied. Two well-known columnists, Jules Whitcover and Jack Germond, have recently accused me of gross exaggeration. The governing board of Social Security, consisting of the secretaries of Treasury, HEW, and Labor, and the director of Social Security, have just released the 1977 report. Projected outlays will exceed income, even with the huge increases in the tax, every year for the next 75 years, and Whitcover and Germond are right. The projected deficit is not two or four trillion. It is 17 trillion dollars. Increased taxes are no answer. They only add to inflation and further impoverish our people. It is time to totally reform the Social Security system if we're to prevent its total collapse. This is Ronald Reagan. Thanks for listening. More about amendments made to Social Security in 1983 right after this message. The Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation is the nonprofit organization created by President Reagan himself and specifically charged by him with continuing his legacy and sharing his principles, individual liberty, economic opportunity, global democracy, and national pride. We must remain vigilant and work together to share these conservative principles with younger generations. Your role is critical to move our mission forward. Thank you for your continued support. Please visit reaganfoundation.org give. That's reaganfoundation.org slash give. Now, back to the story. Early in President Reagan's administration, he proposed reforms to the Social Security system, but withdrew them in the face of political opposition. So instead, he turned the issue over to a bipartisan commission. In 1981, he told the American people that the Social Security system was teetering on the edge of bankruptcy that from 1981 to 1986, the Social Security Trust Fund could encounter deficits 
of up to $111 billion. And in the decades ahead, its unfunded obligations could run well into the trillions. Unless we in government were willing to act, a sword of Damocles will soon hang over the welfare of millions of our citizens. He explained that his administration was not wedded to any single solution and welcomed the opportunity to consult with Congress and with private groups. He explained his sole commitment is based on three principles. First, this nation must preserve the integrity of the Social Security Trust Fund and the basic benefit structure that protects older Americans. Second, we must hold down the tax burden on the workers who support Social Security. Finally, we must eliminate all abuses in the system that can rob the elderly of their rightful legacy. He said that it's clear that half-actions of the past are no longer sufficient for the future, and it's equally clear that we must not let partisan differences or political posturing prevent us from working together. Therefore, a bipartisan commission led by Alan Greenspan, was created. And here are the president's remarks upon signing the amendments. Well, I, I want to extend to all of you a very warm welcome. <laughs> Something ought to be warm, <laughs> but it's especially fitting that so many of us from so many different backgrounds, young and old, the working and the retired, Democrat and Republican, should come together for the signing of this landmark legislation. This bill demonstrates for all time our nation's ironclad commitment to Social Security. It assures the elderly that America will always keep the promises made in troubled times a half a century ago. It assures those who are still working that they too have a pact with the future. From this day forward, they have our pledge that they will get their fair share of benefits when they retire. And this bill assures us of one more thing that is equally important. It's a clear and dramatic demonstration that our system can still work when men and women of goodwill join together to make it work. Just a few months ago, there was legitimate alarm that Social Security would soon run out of money. On both sides of the political aisle, there were dark suspicions that opponents from the other party were more interested in playing politics than in solving the problem. But in the 11th hour, a distinguished bipartisan commission appointed by House Speaker O'Neill by Senate Majority Leader Baker and by me, began to find a solution that could be enacted into law. Political leaders of both parties set aside their passions and joined in that search. The result of these labors in the Commission and the Congress are now before us, ready to be signed into law, a monument to the spirit of compassion and commitment that unites us as a people. Today, all of us can look each other square in the eye and say we kept our promises. We promised that we would protect the financial integrity of Social Security. We have. We promised that we would protect beneficiaries against any loss in current benefits. We have. And we promised to attend to the needs of those still working, not only those Americans nearing retirement, but young people just entering the labor force. And we've done that too. None of us here today would pretend that this bill is perfect. Each of us had to compromise one way or another. But the essence of bipartisanship is to give up a little in order to get a lot. And my fellow Americans, I think we've gotten a very great deal. A tumultuous debate about Social Security has raged for more than two decades in this country, but there has been one point that has won universal agreement. The Social Security system must be preserved. 
and rescuing the system has meant re-examining its original intent, purposes, and practical limits. The amendments embodied in this legislation recognize that Social Security cannot do as much for us as we might have hoped when the trust funds were overflowing. Time and again, benefits were increased far beyond the taxes and wages that were supposed to support them. In this compromise, we have struck the best possible balance between the taxes we pay and the benefits paid back. Any more in taxes would be an unfair burden on working Americans and could seriously weaken our economy. Any less would threaten the commitment already made to this generation of retirees and to their children. We're entering an age when average Americans will live longer and live more productive lives. And these amendments adjust to that progress. The changes in this legislation will allow Social Security to age as gracefully as all of us hope to do ourselves without becoming an overwhelming burden on generations still to come. So today, we see an issue that once divided and frightened so many people now uniting us. Our elderly need no longer fear that the checks they depend on will be stopped or reduced. These amendments protect them. Americans of middle age need no longer worry whether their career-long investment will pay off. These amendments guarantee it. And younger people can feel confident that Social Security will still be around when they need it to cushion their retirement. These amendments reaffirm the commitment of our government to the performance and stability of Social Security. It was nearly 50 years ago when under the leadership of Franklin Delano Roosevelt, the American people reached a great turning point, setting up the Social Security system. FDR spoke then of an era of startling industrial changes that tended more and more to make life insecure. It was his belief that the system can furnish only a base upon which each one of our citizens may build his individual security through his own individual efforts. Today, we reaffirm Franklin Roosevelt's commitment that Social Security must always provide a secure and stable base so that older Americans may live in dignity. Well, thank you, gentlemen, and thank all of you for being with us today. I know some of you have come long distances to participate in this ceremony. We have shared an historic moment for in signing these amendments into law, we've restored some much needed security to an uncertain world. And I am now going over and sign, and as you can notice how cold it is, 12 pens there, they're too cold, they can only sign one letter, each pen. <laughs> if my name came out to 13 letters, I would have misspelled it. It is signed. Thank you for listening. For more information on the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute, including information on how to become a member, information on upcoming exhibits at the Reagan Library, and more information on the legacy of President Reagan, please visit reaganfoundation.org. And don't forget to like and follow the Reagan Foundation on all social media platforms. Don't forget to subscribe to the Words to Live By podcast in your iTunes or Google Play stores and on other podcast platforms as they become available. New episodes of Words to Live By come out every Tuesday. Like what you hear? Check out our A Reagan Forum podcast 
featuring great speeches delivered at the Reagan Library. New episodes drop every Thursday. And don't forget to follow at Ronald Reagan on Facebook, at Ronald Reagan 40 on Twitter, and Reagan Foundation on YouTube. Also, search for us on SoundCloud and Stitcher. <laughs>